Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor, Caleb Winley. We're here to help you get through Sunday. Was it too loud? Did, did you have feedback? Were the musicians too loud? Could you not hear the pastor? Well, we're here to help you with that. We provide audio solutions for all of your spiritual gatherings. So let's learn something today, all right? Let's go. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. What up, y'all? Yes. What's going on? Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast. 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 I'm your humble host, Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor. The pastor, Caleb Winley. How are you guys doing? Everything is gravy. Yo, it's popping, brother. Here in the lovely city of New York City. New York, Up in New the York. Bronx today at an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. Getting it in. <sighs> yeah, long day today, brother. Long days. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, long day. Hey, you know, this is this is a magic number for our show. I know, man. I know. It, it is. It's it's some sort of biblical um Yeah, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be the number for God. <laughs> you got a strong D, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're not doing that, bro. God. No, <laughs> we don't that's not that's G H. That's God. No, God. <laughs> that's the, that is not Jesus. You gotta drop your chin when you say it. Go. <laughs> no, nah, we're not doing that. I don't, I, this uh, is shout show... out to Pastor Gazon. <laughs> <laughs> this is show number, number seven. Seven. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, progress in the in the making. Yeah, we are enjoying um, bringing this show to you guys. Okay. And before we start, definitely want to start out with our sponsors, Metro Podcast Studio, the hottest Metro, Metro. studio. Podcast studio in New York City, Metro New York City. Sure. Every year for every New York City, located on 25th and Broadway. They have an excellent facility, great recording, quality mm-hmm. recording, great video recording, record 4K in, in the studio, and they also live stream to every platform. So if you're interested, go to MetroPodcastStudio.com and they can get you right. They're going to hook you up. Yes. They're going to hook you up. That's a fact. All right. Today's topic is a very good topic. It is, man. It, it is. It is. The, today's topic is we're gonna take a deep dive, um, and the, today's topic is the spiritual aspect of music. Yeah, that's what's and up. It, it's we go we we gonna go deep. So I, I I need everybody to put their scuba gear on. Yeah, man. You know, you know, you, you'll need some oxygen for this one. Some oxygen, some spiritual oxygen. Yeah, we gonna we gonna drop some stuff drop on you. Some knowledge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, before we begin, uh, hold on, brother, you ain't gonna slide past that knowledge. What was, what was knowledge. that? <laughs> oh man, come on, man. I'm try, I'm trying to paint a picture here. <laughs> knowledge. Yo, this brother here, man. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought Hooper, so brother. Just... Oh man, please, let's not. Amen, amen again. Yes, come on now, keep you your, your tambourine. Amen, amen again. Amen again. Yes, <laughs> you gotta say it twice. Again, again. Yes. Like oh, they do it. I hate that yes. statement. <laughs> so, which is this is a great segment for our lovely segment called Okay, class is time. Time for Sunday school. Come on. Yes, yes. Sunday school Sunday Sunday is in Sunday. session. So I got a great story. Okay. For Sunday school. Yeah. I'm not sure if I told this story. I may have told you, but I don't know if this the, the audience. So if okay. I've said this story, just stop me because I got a hundred of these. It's all good. Man. All right. Okay. So I'm mixing at an undisclosed location. Okay. All right. And the church I was mixing at, they had a really big band. So it was um they had the main keyboard player, the MD, they had a organist, um, second key, rhythm guitar, acoustic, um, percussion, wow. bass, synthesizer, um, and a, nice. I mean, the band and the band was dope. And wow. the praise and worship, it was I want to say between ten and twelve. Okay. Okay. Um, great facility. 
all I, all I had to do was worry about mixing front of the house. They had a monitor. They had a monitor um, engineer over there, which was great. Mm-hmm. They had a production room, which was great. So the only thing I had to worry about was front of the house. And when I mixed it, they had their engineers in kind of rotation. And I was one of two. Okay. I was one of two engineers. And I'm the type of engineer, especially if I'm mixing at a new place, or mixing, period. I like to go to the pit, to the to the band pit, just to kind of chop it up with people. Okay, yeah. Just say, hey, how you doing? What's up? Hey, man, how's your kids? This and that. Have a good week. Yo, I see you got a four string today. You didn't bring your five string. You know, I'm just chopping up, making sure, everyone sure. comfortable. And as soon as the band saw me, they knew. Like, when they saw me, they said, oh, yeah, we gonna, yeah it's going to be hot in here today. It's going to be, yeah, P going to have it bumping in Sure, here. sure. So... I go up, talk to everybody, say what's up, this and that. The um, the MD was kind of like a like a peacock. Oh, okay. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of like a peacock. You know, he kind of sat down and kind of um threw his feathers out when mm. he sat down. He was like, he was, "See me." Yes. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Um, hey, what's up? How you doing, man? Good morning." He just gave me that. Oh. And he just kind of ignored me, and I was looking at him like. And the band was like, yeah, he's like, and then mouth, he won, he on one this morning. In my mind, now engineers, I'm telling you, don't do this. Don't ever. Don't do this. I was a bad boy. Mm-hmm. I, I was, listen, don't do this. So, this first song starts. Everyone has their own mix. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing, the good thing about doing monitors, having a monitor engineer, and in, in 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 an experienced front of house engineer, sometimes I could take over. Okay. All right. So this is one of those days when I think the monitor, the monitor, the monitor guy stepped away for a second, and I took over till he got back. Okay. Okay. That's work. So what I did was I took I took the MD completely out of his wedge. Oh no. So when he went to play, he took his feathers. Right, I took his feathers. Right. <laughs> so when he went to play, everybody else heard him except him. And he's trying to get my attention. And my feathers are out now. Oh. <laughs> and my feathers are out now, and I'm not even looking at him. And he's now feverishly trying to get my attention. And I made sure we had eye contact. And I said, I mouthed to him, good morning. Yeah. Which kind of lends to the power of music and how we all are intertwined for us to even be successful using your gift. Exactly. We have to be on the same page. Yeah, so we do. We the do. next Sunday I came in, you know what that brother said to me? Uh, he probably gave you breakfast. In, 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 a, in, a, in, in a good pound. Like oh, yeah. Good. Manly. Good morning. With some strength behind it. Everything good? Oh, man, it's really good to see you, brother. God bless you. This and that. So, before we get into that, there's some main scriptures that I kind of want to tackle. I know we're in your area, sir. Mm. But I, I, I want people to understand that music is a conduit of emotion. Yeah. If there is an emotion, there's a song for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, in Psalms 95, one it says, Come, let us sing for the joy of the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Mm-hmm. All right? Psalms 98, one says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the new song means that in the creative mind, if God gave you the gift of music, there's always new stuff going exactly. on. Exactly. Yep. All right. So let's go to the end of the book. Okay. Revelations mm-hmm. 14 and 2 says, I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing water mm-hmm. and like the loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like harpists playing their hearts, mm-hmm. and they sang a 
new song okay. before the throne. All right? So now let's go to Chronicles mm-hmm. 6 and 31. The temple musicians, these are men David put in charge of the music in the house of the Lord after the ark came to rest there. Yeah. So now let's talk about the purpose of it. So Jericho, you know, the wall of Jericho is the, is, is the prime example of God using music and voices together to create energy sure. to bring something down. Yeah. That's in Joshua six, all of my theologians out there. So we see that God is creative music mm-hmm. and he gives it to people who are, that he's gifted to utilize the music. Sure. He's also tied it to the emotions of our human selves. Sure. Therefore, this is all before electronics. This is all before we had to have equipment. No speakers. No speakers. No microphones. No microphones. No, none of that. That means it was there before all that arrived. Exactly. So now that it's here, we only enhance yes. or amplify, amplify exactly. yep. or record yep. or stream mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. route what God gave the musicians. Exactly. So true. So true. Absolutely. All right, so, so when we talk about church music, or I say Christian music, sure. there are different ways to look at it. Okay, so then you have your sacred music. Now, your sacred music started in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. That's like your hymns, mm-hmm. all those anthems that you normally hear, and there was no amplification then. Nope. Nothing of that, not, nothing of that sort of existed. Okay, so now let's jump to what we call spirituals. Okay. And a type of religious folk song associated with the enslavement of African people in the American South leading up to the abolishment of slavery in 1863. Mm -hmm. Then you have the contemporary, which began in the 1930s. This is the backbone of R&B music. Yep. It's the backbone of jazz music. Mm-hmm. It's the backbone of rock music. Yep. So now when you jump to the 70s, when you have early Christian rock music, mm-hmm. you have um, Edwin Hawkins, yeah, yeah. Yeah. all that early R&B stuff. Then you jump into, I say the, the 90s and on, I say man, late 90s, 2000s and on, when it, then it became completely contemporary. Mm-hmm. It still stood on top of gospel music. All of it. All of it. So the nucleus, so what I'm saying is that I'm tracking back to is that God is the source of the music. Exactly. And 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 and, and what did um Lucifer do? What was his job? He was the chief cherubim of all. He had instruments. He was the chief individual that handled the praise and worship so to speak in heaven and it all it all came out of him right so therefore God created him Mm -hmm. right so the only thing is different is the messaging true because the last time I checked because I'm a musician those who don't know there are only 12 notes in a, in, a, in a scale. Exactly. It's how you use those 12 notes. Mm-hmm. You can use them any kind of way. You can have a Christian rock song. You can have a Christian. You can have just a, just a regular love song that's a, that's a rock song. Mm-hmm. Same chords. It's all about the messaging. What do you say? That's funny. As I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about what you just said. I say, you know, it's funny how Jesus pulled 12 disciples. And those 12 disciples shaped and changed and turned the world upside down. But here you have these 12 notes when Mm. properly put together, shape and change and transform people, even bringing healing. Mm. As you see in the life of Saul and David, you see that he was he was uh, the Bible says that David was skillfully playing the liar. Well, where did he learn how to do that while he was being um, 
connected or um, in the in the backpack, <laughs> like I like to say, the backpack where he was doing the work for his father, but he was learning how to worship God while he was spending that time in the back, being accountable to the responsibility of his dad. Right. And so then he gets he gets brought over to Saul because now he's being are tormented by these demons that came from God and those same 12 notes mm. are what brought him deliverance and wow. transformation. You know wow. what I'm saying? So God using music and healing God using music. So exactly. It is a sacred gift. And, and, and it's, I also tell this to my friends, like music, music is a gift that it has no end. Mm hmm. You know, it 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 has no end. It's the gift that 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 you glean from. This writing a song, like me sitting down playing the piano, brings me the emotions, and I can play from every emotion. Sure. Um, but it also goes back to skilled. You have to be skilled. So you have to be skilled. So I I have a question. What happens when? The church or a church doesn't have a skilled musician. I think what what has happened over the years, they've tended to uh, rely on the anointing to guide this person through. <laughs> he don't he don't know an A from a B, but they want him to. Just God be guided by the Holy Spirit and just per, just play some angelic sounds and it, it it the truth of the matter it never happens. It I've never been in a situation where I've recognized that this individual who has has no training whatsoever doesn't know how to do. He doesn't know scales. He doesn't. He does. He knows nothing. Zero. And all of a sudden, you give him a guitar and says, "Hey, play." Or you put them in front of a keyboard and say play. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it it just it, and it it hinders the flow and what work what what um music was called to do as well as what worship is called to create in a church service. So how do you think since we, we this is the church sound podcast? How do you think that us engineers, um, technical people can best serve them? I think ultimately. One thing, and even like, like I like the fact that you went through the beginnings. I think that as uh, one thing I took myself through, and I know that if you've done it, and, and I know other, individ other individuals that are in music ministry, you have to take yourself through the through the time frames of what music means and what sound actually means. Because if unless I'm able to educate. I'm not able to really help people get to where they need to go. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's really important to understand, you know, because if I'm trying to set an atmosphere in a church or teach a church how to set an atmosphere, the first thing they need to know is, well, what is an atmosphere? And then uh, why does this music need to be played at a specific time or, or, or even at a specific level? Why is feedback so detrimental to the move and the flow? All of that needs to take place. And so the person that comes into to help that ministry has to have a clear understanding of the reason why these things are so hindering, so much of a hindrance, as well as the skill to help that church to move forward. It, it's just like a pastor who... And, and, and I'm, I've seen it, but I've seen pastors who just pretty much came off the street, you know, and you was a pimp and now you just a pimp Wow, <laughs> in the pulpit. You know what I'm saying? And, you, you know, you, you talk, you, you, you good for a minute when you want that scripture. Next thing you know, you're talking about the biscuits and, and you know, <laughs> oh, and gosh. the usher, the usher ladies and the, the nurses looking good today. You know, nobody wants to hear that. But the truth of the matter is he's not been trained he's not been given any guide points to 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 do what what god has called him to do and do it properly what i what i've noticed and kind of mixing at a lot of different churches is that i found that churches have different musical identities mm -hmm. this is true yeah and within the musical identities it's you have to have the people and or ingredients for that recipe mm -hmm. so what do I mean by that 
Well, if your church is more acoustic, acoustical based, meaning that you're doing acoustic um, piano, mm-hmm. um, acoustical guitar, mm-hmm. and that is the the essence of your musical, what you're living to the church. The people who attend your church are more geared towards hearing that as their form of worship. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm not going to bring Ty Tripper to your church. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And I think even even now with the with the current uproar of of Kanye's album. Sure, sure. And to to me, it, it you know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of when when Christian hip hop first kind of started, I, I, I wasn't saved then, but mm-hmm. but my my younger brother was, and he would always try to get me to listen to Cross Movement. Okay, right, and I was the heathen of the bunch, and I was like, man, listen, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do this little Kim call it a day, all right? So he was like, <laughs> so he was kind of like, I, I give him his credit. He was he was really trying to say, yo, should we do this this Christian music? Man, get out of my face. But but it's kind of crazy because they had a message, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't in the package that they were, the churches were used to hearing the message. Exactly. So then what happens is what, what the adults don't, what they should know because they work, they work kids is that kids are going to listen to what they like. Exactly. Exactly. This you is have, true. You have certain kids that this love is gospel music. This is true. And you have true. certain kids It's like, as soon as I get out of here, I'm throwing on that whatever, mm-hmm. that little flip. I'm throwing on everything that I like. So what Cross Movement did was they just took the music of the day that they that they grew up on and put a message on it. And I find that in churches, what I think what a lot of pastors don't kind of understand, understand is that the only music that is originally gospel music is is the first music and everything else that came from it the church copies yeah oh yeah and the world copies right so like man listen I was at this church at an undisclosed location <laughs> and I was mixing and from the pastor's mouth like when I got to the church they didn't sing a song Past nineteen sixty five. Yeah, I've been. This there. is this, that. Now, yeah, all of them songs. I've been there. Like nothing wrong with that. That's your that's your wheelhouse. That's fine. Yeah. But the pastor got up and said, "Cause I guess the one of the directors were mad, and he said, if the kids want to sing Donald Lawrence, they can sing Donald Lawrence. I don't understand what the problem is. If they want to sing Donald Lawrence, and I'm in my head, I'm going like, what's wrong with Donald Lawrence? <laughs> 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 But think about it. Think about what you just said. Listen, listen to what they're doing. So here they are. They're they're focusing on the what I like to call the Negro spirituals, right. and you know the back in the day picking cotton. Yes, sir. You know we we so broken down and all those. And that, now all of those songs are good for, and I believe they're good for a specific time frame and a, a specific people group exactly. because because you because you've you've come to a pinnacle in a place where that music flicks your switch right that doesn't and nothing else does that so if i have the mindset as a grandmother as as that that mother that's a little older now and she she's under that canopy she's gonna always want to hear just that right and so you go home that's what's playing exactly so when your child says they're gonna throw in Donald Lawrence, that's like, oh, that's that Bebe Bop stuff. <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you can't bring that here. You know what I'm saying? That's got a beat to it. We that's, don't, we don't the, sing that's the beats. Devil's music. Exactly. Exactly. So it it, it kind of I think we, what we're trying to kind of say is that that the music styles are are are, are uh, quotation marks around. Age, age, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, race. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, region. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because literally, and traditions, and tradition, exactly. Because AOG churches listen to a specific kind of 
contemporary Christian music. Right. As and then you have the you know the Baptist churches that live, listen to a specific kind of they do like what's now contemporary. You know, what's now and and then you got the ones that do the anthems. Exactly. Yeah. The exactly. Grand, grandma Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the Usher birds. <laughs> yes, all of that. All of that. All of that. And it's funny though, you know, bro, it, when you when you take the music back, you, you talked about hymns. Most of what we call gospel music started in bars. Yeah. They were bar ditties. They was they were singing these songs while they were inebriated. Wow. And then they got if you look at William Booth, he took a lot of that music and flipped it. And made it Christian music so that it would still touch the people that were used to singing these particular songs. But now that I'm trying to get you to live a save a life of salvation, I changed the lyrics, keeping the same rhythm right. so you feel comfortable with it. And right. you still and but now it's okay to change the lyrics because now I'm trying to live better. Right. Right. And then Ray Charles took that and did it again. Exactly. And then put it to, and and Retha, and and then it, it was devil music again, <laughs> right? It's just the craziest thing is that is that the only people that knew where it came from were people in church. Exactly. The world was like, "What in the world? This is new. Mm-hmm. This is great." So even so, even even like even kind of going even looking at it in reverse, it's what if you have great musicians. And a novice engineer. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think even take it. Even if we took a little back, little, little, a step back. So now I have this, this novice, but then, what's his temperament? What's his temperature? How does? What does he know? If he doesn't know anything, and I say that means novice, that you, and I mean novice. Oh no, I mean you talking about just got in. Not, not, not say not just going because I've been around engineers who are like the heads of of their of the audio team, mm-hmm. and the little stagehand on stage know more than him. Okay, I feel you. You know what I mean? He just don't fit sure. the, where they're going, and I think a lot of times that's where the frustration comes in at with, especially with musicians, mm-hmm. is that. This guy can't give me what I need. Exactly. Exactly. And he's and that musician or singers or just musicians in general, they're frustrated. And the pastor just complains. Kind of what Bishop Bless said mm-hmm. is that pain. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and I think that when I when I when I when I when I go to churches and I talk to pastors, and like I've, I've always said, we look at it in a holistic perspective. It's music, it's the sound ministry, mm-hmm. the AV ministry, and, mm-hmm. and the pastoral team. And you have to look at it that way because everyone plays a part for the end result. If you have a novice in the pulpit mm. and great musicians and a great engineering team they're gonna be frustrated and the message is just weak right what's gonna stand out in the in, in that service it's the music it's the music so the music is gonna people gonna come for the music and want to dip out for the word exactly right so we have to have a good balance so I've never met a musician that didn't practice this is true you can't you you couldn't even get in a band if you didn't practice on your own. Exactly. So that so which, which leads us back to training mm-hmm. on all fronts. Yep. On all fronts. Yep. Even though we're kind of dealing with music, the spiritual aspect of music, I think what I wanted to paint a picture is is that music, the spiritual aspect of music is great in the, in period. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, you need a great audio team to help enhance to take it even further sure than you can even imagine to impact the people mm-hmm. to to kind of till the ground for the word so when those seeds are planted and that's why I love when when 
the worship ties in with the message. With the message, yeah. Yeah. Because all it does is it is pushes to see even deeper. Exactly. And I found I found that there are people that come into a worship setting and have gotten delivered, have gotten healed just by spending time in the atmosphere of the worship. And the pastor comes up and that's just like, well, I don't even really need to hear this, but I'm just going to sit here and listen because it's frosting mm-hmm. on top of the cake. You know what I'm saying? Because right. Right. I'm already been dealt with. Right. So what do, you, what do you say to pastors who are lacking in, say, their musicianship? Because it, there's a there's a fine line between, because there's arrogance at every position. Sure. You can have the arrogant pastor. Sure. You can have the arrogant engineer. Mm-hmm. And you can have a cadre of arrogant musicians. Yeah, and I, I, I think what a pastor needs to clearly understand is that when you have a team that is ready to support you, then you've got to get to understand how to I bring out the best that's on the inside of them. And if I don't know what I need to know, I think a conversation needs to take place. And I think then it needs to be some training, even in the area. You know, a lot of times our very own pastor will go and say, well, what's this? And, and, and how does that work? And well, why does this make that sound? And, and why is this so heavy over here? What he's actually trying to tune his ear to clearly understand mm-hmm. what it is that's taking place, even though he is no way in no way, shape, form or fashion, a musician. Right. But there has to be pastors that say, maybe my tradition or maybe what I like is hindering the flow of the church as well as the 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 ability for the the praise and worship team and the musicians and the media ministry to do exactly what they need to do. And if that's the case, right. fix it. Right. So so what do you say when cuz you know, I've been to churches where they are now attempting to make a musical turn. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? And the pastor is maybe he's heard from the Lord and the He's 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 sensing that we need to make a musical turn and try to enhance. I give you a good example. I was mixing it at an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. My clashes are all kind of undisclosed. Yes, because we can't mention anybody. I name. can't mention anybody. Be, it, okay, it would be bad. and this church was they brought in a new pastor, and I was mixing front of house, and this was a choir church, mm. so it was like. Men's choir, women's choir, Ooh, youth choir, mm-hmm. mixed choir. Okay. You know, young adult choir. Community choir. Community. Everybody, everything was a choir. And they never had a praise team. Okay. So mm. the pastor was, listen, you know, talking to the, um, the assistant minister of music because he was the young one. And he said, listen, I need you to put together a praise team about six to eight singers and pull them out. I need you to kind of rehearse them for about a couple of months. And I want to roll this out um, before service. And the look on people's faces when, when, these, when these guys went up to just to worship and they were so stuck in tradition, they called it the warm up. Mm. Like it wasn't even part of the service. Wow. Wow, that's bad. They called it the warm-up. The the, the, the parishioners called it the warm-up. Oh, my God. It's the opening they, act. Right, the opening <laughs> act. You know, the, oh the appetizer. God. The appetizer. And then, and then the choir was the salad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ranch, please. <laughs> exactly. Ranch. No. Basami, basami, oh, man, basami. That's horrible. Vinaigrette, you know. It was, it, it was that. So... But after a while, it became part of the tapestry. Sure. It just took time for people to 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 grasp onto it. Mm-hmm. And I think the other side of it was that it had to be dynamic. Mm-hmm. It had to be something that people were looking forward to mm-hmm. to get there to witness it. Sure. So after a while, like you know, they kept working it and it got getting better and better and better and better and better and better. And after a while, the power of the Lord started, you know, moving through the, 
through the atmosphere in a different way. And after a while, it was them and the choir. Exactly. You know, even if they did, if they didn't have a choir that day, it was fine because they had a great praise and worship team. Sure. And and being able to cultivate those things. So, what do you think? When we get to worship, what do what do you, what is your definition of a great worship leader? Um, a great worship leader understands that worship begins, ends, and um, lands on on God. I think that a worship leader that understands. His team understands the atmosphere of the individuals that he is singing to, um, that uh, the people that he is uh, trying, where is he trying to take them? Um, one thing I remember as when I when I first started, when I first came to church, one of the things that was given to me a responsibility was go up there and, and, and you're going to do worship. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not. And he said, no, go, you're going to do worship. And one thing the pastor said to me, she said, you don't move the people. God moves the people. And I think a worship leader needs to understand that because I've seen it in many churches where a worship leader literally will stop. What's wrong with you people? Y'all can't, you can't get it. You, you're not understanding. Come on. We worship in God. That's not your responsibility. My responsibility or a good worship leader makes God infectious. Right. He, 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 you look at him and you can see he is just having an incredible time with God and he's just enjoying his time and his moment with the Lord. And it makes you want to shed your, 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 all, all the stuff you came in with your, mm-hmm. in a, you know, your, your inhibitions and get into worshiping God. I think that that is the definition of a great worship leader, but I also know a great worship leader needs great support. Right. They need great support from that pastor. They need great. And I think I think also like the, the, the story that you told, anything that happens within the confines of a church starts with leadership. Right. So if I don't determine that, if I don't if we're going to build out something new in the ministry, the first uh-huh. thing that we know, it comes from the leader. The leader says, hey, this is the direction that we're going. We're casting a new vision and I need you guys to get involved. Right. And when you have a worship leader that has support on the back end that's saying, OK, I'm not just going to step out here and get pelted with rocks and tomatoes, but I'm going to be able to do what God has called me to do. I think that helps them. But they have to know um, that they're not in this alone. Right. When you, when you say they're not in this alone, are you are you just really t- you talking about everyone? Meaning that the audio team, meaning that the musicians, right? They need the everybody. Pastor, we all we all kind of play a part. I've I've been in churches where they would pick the best singer to be the worship leader. And sometimes I wouldn't. That person no. would be the worship leader. That person is a great singer. Right, right. He's got he can carry a tune, but he can't lead. Right, and and I think that that's. That's the misconception. It's great if your worship leader can really blow. Right. It's great. But I know average singers that can lead worship like no other. Sure. And here's the funny thing about great singers. Great singers close their eyes and go into the stratosphere and leave the people looking around like, well, what what am I supposed to do? At this point, whereas if you have a great worship leader, they're focused on the people to a degree so that they can guide the people to come along with them on this journey. And their eyes, they're looking around, they're 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 they're, um, they're, they're calling people in They're You know, what I'm saying that there's it's, it's not a not a performance, but it's I'm guiding you into the presence of God. I want you to come along with me. Whereas you have a great singer. All all they got is talent. But what if you? I know. What's the girl's name? Gosh, she sings this song bigger. Oh, I know you're talking about. I just don't know her name. I know exactly what you're talking about. Forgive me, sister. I think you're amazing. Yeah, we both do. We just we'll get you on the podcast. How about that? <laughs> and you can but give us your name. She's a great singer. That's a great worship. Right, worshiper. So, I think that. Pastors don't look for the great voice. Mm-hmm. If they have the great voice and they know how to use this is the difference between a great singer and a great worshiper that can sing. Mm-hmm. They know when to. Mm-hmm. It's not about I'm gonna do this crazy run, I'm gonna hold this note so long exactly. because I can. If I do that, it's to affect the worship. Exactly. To bring people 
to a place not to praise me exactly but to praise him exactly and I'm gonna I'm using my gift to its highest ability to be to be effective exactly, exactly. not me exactly but then there are like is it's crazy when as a producer you know I when I listen to music and you listen to a singer like Gladys Knight mm-hmm. all right. Gladys Knight sing in the same octave range. Yeah. She don't be no, she don't do no. none of that. That's why she got the pips. She's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but think about it. Lauren Hill singing that same box. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You don't have to be a runner. Exactly. To be a great singer. And I think that's where a lot of people get it mixed up, is mm-hmm. that Learning how to sing straight. Yeah. And I would when coaching singers, me being a music producer, coaching singers, is that I would have to teach technical singers how to sing without vibrato. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just go, uh right. not uh Exactly. Because the song don't need that. Exactly. The song needs this. Mm-hmm. And and me teaching singers is that I would teach him like the song is the song is is the queen, the melody is the king. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. You, and you carrying the jewelry. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you have to understand your position. And it's the same thing in song selection. Like we went over this with Richie Righteous. Mm-hmm. Song selection. Mm-hmm. Picking the right person to exactly. sing the song. Exactly. Sometimes the worship leader is not the person, the best person to lead this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have to be able to interchange and give that person that place because it fits their voice fits exactly. that song. That song will be more effective with that person. Mm-hmm. So it's a selfless position. Exactly. So understand pastors like your best singer may not be your worship leader. Sure. And the one one thing I've learned though is a great singer sometimes grows out of a gift set. But a great worshiper, a worship leader grows out of training. Mm. You've been trained how to do this. You know what works and what doesn't work. And one thing a a young man told me some years ago, he's an old dude, but I called him a young man. He said, whenever you have a weakness as a leader or whether it be in business or anything else, wherever your weakness is, staff it. Understand that somebody has the ability to do what you need to get done without you being frustrated. So when I if I'm not a a great worship leader, like you said, there should be somebody within my team that I can staff and push them ahead because you got you got the goods to get God's glory into this house right now, into this specific space. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a very important thing. Mm -hmm. I really Mm do. So. What would you say? To the to the pastor, the frustrated pastor, who is at his wit's end, and he wants to get his music team right, and he has some issues. Like, wh- what would you say to him? I think the easiest thing to say is stop, mm-hmm. pause, get a full perspective of what you're looking at. Get some other voices. And I think one of the major issues that we do as pastors is we try to figure it out all on our own. Mm. We don't call a, a, a get a group together. Okay, if, if I'm seeing that the problem is praise and worship or with media or with uh, whomever, pull them all together and not to berate them, but to find out what is the common denominator as to why we're failing? Right. I think that's important. Right. I think that's very important. And we do we don't we don't do well in that area. I think having a um you gotta kinda listen to your customer. Yeah. This is true. And sometimes pastors, musicians, engineers, we all can get can get heady. Okay. And Dismiss people because they don't do what we do. True. Okay. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's been times that I've been, I've been, I've been, you know, guilty of this where someone will come to me with something, and I think it's minuscule, but to them it's huge. Okay. And I dismiss it. Sure. And I learned 
and I, I have to go back to a lesson I learned is that from being a, a musician, I had a little cousin who wanted to be a DJ and he used what he had to get the best out of it. And what I learned from him is that you just don't ignore the small stuff. You just don't ignore a person's perspective because one guy holding down, I give you one guy holding down one note, one good note can make all the difference without, without even playing. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. So you gotta have to like listen to people and I have, it's, it's, we're in an opinion business. Mm -hmm. This is, it's too loud. It's too soft. That's I don't like that song. You should have wear that. I don't know why they wore green. How come they know it's Valentine's Sunday coming up? How come everybody ain't got on red? And, mm -hmm. and then if they got on red, sure. everybody ain't mad. It's just to hear that single. And they only be seeing mm -hmm. people. All, it's a Jezebel spirit. Right. It's a Jezebel <laughs> yeah. spirit. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, I get it. You know what I'm saying? But sure. it's like we have to listen to people. Just listen to people. And just kind of take it in. It's like and say, and then put it in a capsule and see what you can take away from it. Exactly. What is nonsense. What is just pure emotion. But everyone has an opinion on how. And everyone's concerned about making it better. Okay. That's good. And But I, now you have to be very careful who you listen to. Right. Because some people are just bystanders. And some people will stand alongside you. It's the people that stand alongside you that have been with you the longest that come to make you better are the individuals you give your ear to. Right. And that's a, that's that's something as a pastor that we got to remember. So don't just run out. Oh, well, sister, so and so who just came to the ministry said she don't like the lights. We get rid of the lights. No more lights. No, I don't want to see no more lights no more. Turn all the lights off or turn all the lights on. No, 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 no. How? You, you should be speaking to the person that's been tithing since they've been in the ministry, that's been supporting, that's been volunteering since they've been in the ministry, because those are your sons and your daughters. Right. If you don't, we don't listen to nobody else that has not had, that don't have the grease, nor have the submission to to, to have the ability to, for you to give them your ear. And I think right. that's important. Right. I got my mom was at an undisclosed location and I put a sub in a church. Mm hmm. And boy, the looks I got! <laughs> oh my gosh! And in in the, the church had blown out speakers, and I put a sub and I fixed their stuff and put a sub in there. Room was knocking, and the older women were just like, "Is it gonna stay like that?" Sure. Yes, sure. it is. And you, you, and I went back to the church, and man, them same sisters was just like loving it. But like I said, but it's it, you know change is can be painful. But it takes time too. But it, but it, yeah. but it takes time. Yeah. So yeah. I would say to the, to the pastors or anyone in leadership, listen to um, even even with us, like even if like we just did a logo, and we sent it out to a bunch of people mm -hmm. to get an honest opinion. Exactly. Because you know you you, you want and so you, you you bring people in who can give you an honest opinion. Like you may have a friend that's come to say, "Hey, this coming. Let me know what you, let me know what you think it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Just don't tell nobody. Exactly. Yep. What you think it sounds like? You know, and take that in as information and be able to package that in a way that you can f f um um feel uh, send that to the different different members of of your church that that can be affected that will be affected by it or will do cause a change mm -hmm. to happen I think that we just you can't be stuck in your ways you're right you're right because we I, pastors are not pastors have the uh, one of the things that we do is we isolate we are very isolative as individuals and we we suffer within the confines of doing the work of ministry but too many times we suffer alone and so because we're so used to being in the cave of a doom, suffering and struggling, it's hard for us to even for the ones that have the right to get our ear to actually hear what they're saying, mm. because sometimes we determine what by what they said as that's a failure on my part. Right. When mm. we doing God's work, we're, we're not doing our work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But as, as long as I think I'm doing my work, right. then I'm a failure. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you can't. we can't look at it from that point of view. And I think that needs to change in the body of Christ. If we're going to see um, 
the music ministries, the media ministries, um, just where we're going, social media, all of these things, even the millennials that's coming in that have an eye to do things that you probably would never be able to do as a pastor or even have a team that could do. Right. You've got to be able to see beyond what you see and, and see beyond your pain, see beyond that that hurt, see beyond that controlling spirit that you that you carry, that we can carry at times and allow just allow people to do what it is that they've been called to do and flourish. And then you can sit back and go, wow, now God, God got the glory out of this. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. I think that's important, man. Right. Right. So we're going to leave it right there. Um, if you are enjoying listening to the podcast, definitely subscribe, hit the subscribe button on mm-hmm. all platforms, everything, everywhere we're at. Um, if you want somewhat, like we're working on some online courses, so stay tuned for that. Uh, invisibleministry.com we're working on that because we believe that to be effective ministry in a church audio ministry visual ministry the, the team needs to be invisible and so God can yep. be seen yep. um, we have a new slogan but I don't know what it is I forgot what it was <laughs> what's the new slogan sir do you remember uh, a new slogan man the brother the brother put a brother on the spot he think he put a brother on the spot but he might have put a brother on the spot but no he did not Our vision is using media to help connect people to God and help connect people to each other. That's our slogan. That's that's what we believe to be doing while you're listening to this podcast. That's exactly what's happening. We're using media podcasts as well as using media, helping you to get your church sound system sounding better. We're helping you to help get your people to connect to God because like my brother said earlier you know there were no microphones back in the times when a lot of things were done and those Negro spirituals but we sang our faces off and we was heard for miles when Jesus wanted to get the message out he stood by the water because the water is an amplifier all of these things that was done was to get people to hear what God was saying so I need you to understand that when you're listening to us we're helping you to use media to help connect people to God and help connect people to each other. Yes. So go right to invisible ministry.com mm-hmm. and um, just contact us. Those of you who have questions and want to send your questions, send it to the church sound podcast at Gmail. That's the church sound podcast at e- at Gmail. We're G- on G- mail. <laughs> And um, and we're on all social media platforms. Every single one. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Everywhere. So DM us, talk to us, um, come vibe with us. We would love love to hear from you. And as always, in closing, keep God first in everything you do. And we we'll see you next time on the Church Sound, Sound Podcast. Podcast.